welcome to the difficult eighth episode of Podular Stand, a podcast for the likes of Doncaster, which could never be described as strong or stable, but is probably listened to by the few rather than the many. Uh, my name is Glenn Wilson, editor of Popular Stand, still officially the best fanzine in football, and joining me to enjoy the novelty of daylight on our usual London rooftop is editor of the London Economic, Jack P. Right, Jack? Yeah, good evening. Good evening. And also with us is international hair and makeup artist, James McMahon. Is there a international hair and makeup artist called James McMahon? There is, yeah. I, I googled quite quickly and just thought I'd go with it. Oh, right, you know, I'm, I'm up for that. Fair enough. Um, so that's who's here. Now on to chatting. And before we get on to Rovers end of the season and the new kit and everything that's happened since uh, since that last game at Hartlepool, I just want to start with uh, with something you touched on in episode seven, James, uh, and that is that you've been led to believe that Bellevue was haunted. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you want to know? What what it, well I've done some research on it, but what what was your? I feel a little bit like you're, I feel a little bit like to start. I'm not I'm not going to like debunk you. I feel a little bit you team me up. No, not at all. you're gonna I don't know debunk <laughs> what I believe. No, I'm just trying to get to remember what, what it was that. <laughs> so that's what he thought. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, just going to give give Derek Cora his cue to come into the room. And then we'll go. He's a he's a rotter. Um, he needs to be kept away from the ghost busting business. Um, yeah, no, I went on a tour of uh, Bellevue when I was five or six. I wasn't even bothered about Rovers at the time. Uh, and... <laughs> can't be much of a tour. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it was exciting, you know. But I, I wasn't into football. I was I was a bit of a late bloomer of football. Yeah. I thinking about it the other day. There was a, there was a story about how it had been however many years since the Wimbledon-Liverpool uh, FA Cup final. Yeah. And that was the first game of football I ever remember watching uh, and I remember watching it thinking this is so sad that if I watch this uh, then the boys at school won't bully me because mm. I'll be able to talk to them about something it's quite sad isn't it we got deep quite quickly did it, did it work? Uh, was it was it a knowledge of Laurie Sanchez and Alan Cork that would protect you from the bullies? school school got better not long oh, okay. after I mean it might I mean you know, I'm not sure the two things are connected but I digress Uh I remember going on this tour of Bellevue and we went in the boardroom and the reason why we had this tour actually was because we had a teacher who was related to Andy Rhodes right. between the sticks mm-hmm. and uh, I remember being in the boardroom and they told us a story about how the boardroom was haunted. The book was specifically the boardroom? That's what they said. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I put it out on Twitter. You're going to drop some kind of no, spook- no, 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 spooky no. music over <laughs> like a bed. Of- I mean, probably beyond my technical capabilities, but I'll give it a go. Um, so I put it out on Twitter and the forums, uh, and it, as well as a lot of unhelpful puns. Um, I did manage to get something of a semi-corroboration of this from two members of Rover's staff. Oh, this is exciting. So Liam Scully was first to get back in touch. He's, I don't know what, he's a deputy chief exec now, whatever his title is at Rover's. Now he said that plenty of times he'd been in uh, working the offices in the main stand and heard heavy footsteps in the stand when there was no one else about. Right. Uh, and Richard Bailey, who's Rovers in the community, officer said the same. He'd, he'd been in the offices and heard a, heard a big heavy footsteps moving across the main stand above and when they went to look, there was no one there. Well, I mean, it's really great you've done this research, but if yeah. you actually read the article I wrote, I did write that. Yeah, but I don't really want to read it out now. I can just ask you. No, I know. And ask people about I'm it. Just, it's, this isn't like new research. No. This isn't new... Right. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, yeah, but it doesn't. I mean, it's one of three things. It means there's either a ghost 
There's someone who's very good at hide and seek and yeah. wears big boots. I mean, or, there's, there's not a ghost there now unless it's no. sort of hovering over a housing estate. Sorry, there was a ghost there, past tense. But this is one of the things that has always baffled me about ghosts is that what happens when their digs are knocked down. I think it'd be the same of the owl and like John Ryan will bring a stone ghost in a few years' time and place it in the roof. Where is John Ryan anyway? I think, I think this a lot. So yeah, so there was a ghost or uh, the other option, which I think might be sure, is that the members of the football community team took turns in winding each other up by stomping about on the roof of the uh, stand. I have wondered whether it was just something that whoever was taking the toilet they made up just to try and get some enthusiasm for a bunch <laughs> of school kids from Arm Thorpe who kind of thought Rovers were a bit embarrassing. I mean, there'd be no reason to hang on to that myth now. It'd be a very quick tour at Bellevue now. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> there it was. I do that every time. That, it's sort of like my girlfriend pre, pre social media days as well. So these things don't get debunked in the same sort of like, like they, they get they get debunked straight away these days, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's all over the internet. It's like, look at these idiots. I feel like six, we sent a guy running across a stand, he thought he was a ghost, that sort of thing. I feel like six year old children are more forgiving than most people on Twitter, though. So. Indeed, yeah. I think this has gone really well in that we haven't made any jokes about like Peter Heritage or like just any. We haven't met. I mean, when you just said about you've got a lot of puns, mm. the people like that have been in my life, man. <laughs> like, we're trying to do some serious paranormal research. <laughs> you know what I mean? And people are chipping I mean, in. I'd argue that's a bit of a. Oxymoron in itself. Serious um, paranormal research. I wonder at what point. Uh, I mean, ten years isn't long enough for anything to be a keep man, unless there's like oh, the, for, the ghosts of some of those rare newts that <laughs> probably brushed aside when the ground got built. What happened to those? Yeah, that's the question. Exactly. I, I, I just didn't I hear about them anymore. There was didn't no you? considerations as well. You know, when we proposed a new stadium and the sort of like the new the new facilities that would bring, no one actually said about these guys and the fact that you know that you can't rehome these people. You know, newts or ghosts, both. <laughs> Were those in the proposals? You know, yeah, we'll get fifteen thousand seats. Yeah, we'll get new facilities. Yeah, we'll probably get a new car park. But what about the, the ghosts? Yeah. Yeah. All the, the owls and the owls. Yeah. None of those have been considered. You can't just relocate if you're a ghost, yeah. man, you know? And that's that's an awareness thing that we need to bring up. So. <laughs> Hashtag yeah. Uh, AMF. Yeah, we'll bring that up. AMF? Yeah. AMF. That's the right. Against action. modern. Well, I was going with against modern football, oh, okay. really. That yeah. This was something that, you know, at what price progress? Price <laughs> 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 of ghosts. Yeah, this, this is the most enjoyable start to any podcast we've done. I, say, I just want to talk about ghosts. Man. <laughs> I mean, Next I, is dinosaurs. I knew I shouldn't have started on this. Um, I will move it on and then start. Well, I say start. We've probably wasted ten minutes talking about ghosts and news, but we'll start by looking back at uh, what perhaps proved to be something of a, of a disappointing end to Rovers' season. Um, and when we last sat down, Rovers had five games left and needed, uh, well, it transpired, just, just one more win to secure the title. And, and as we know, it wasn't to be. So I'll throw it out to two of you. Why, why do you think that was? What went wrong? Oh, they just nested, didn't they? <laughs> well, there we go. On to the... Uh... <laughs> no, I do remember sitting down sort of like every one of us saying with quite, with quite confidence quiet confidence that, that that title was ours. And it certainly was. And like, literally, even now... Given, given what we know, uh, just why it's still hard to believe that we didn't actually bring it home. Obviously, I think that, that the sort of mentality of it all um, is something that people have talked about a lot. But I think that I spoke to a friend who's a Leeds fan about this and he, he sort of like tried to bully my spirits by saying that 
sort of like the economies of football have changed a little in that winning a title doesn't matter so much anymore. Like even winning the Premier League title doesn't matter so much. Mm-hmm. Now fans, you know, the metrics of success have altered with the influx of cash. Um, fans are more to, to, to fans are sort of like looking at success more from a business perspective, a football perspective. So sort of like, you know, promotion, getting in the Champions League and, and, and those sort of like metrics are more important yeah. now than having a trophy. Um, the, uh, even went as far as saying that promotion would have been a bit of a disaster for, for Leeds um, which I well I can agree with that I always feel any successful Leeds is a bit of a disaster uh, uh, yes I ran Ali agreed with him but um, <laughs> but, but he, you know he's, he was saying you know there's also fans are building into the into the equation the, the you know yeah. sustainability aspects and things like that um, and and you know, listen, we've we, we've 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 gone up, and, and the early notions from Ferguson about what what his plans are for next year are all good. Really, that's 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 good. You know, that's a good thing. Yeah, I think the, the embodiment of that um, success not being about the trophy and more being about the next thing or whatever is the um, Europa League, which I didn't realise until this week. Someone was telling me that if you win the Europa League, you get in the Champions League. You yeah. don't defend your trophy. Yeah, I mean, you get, you, so it's like so. Like, oh, well done, you've won. Now you can go and play something a bit better. Exactly, and that's <laughs> and that's the sort of like thing. shifting. I mean, United yeah. gave up in the last sort of like four or five games, yeah. knowing that they'd be better off winning the Europa League than trying to do anything. Mm. And, that, and all the talk is about that. Yeah, about them going into Champions League, not about them winning a trophy. Well, indeed, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, most of the talk has been about the Champions League spots rather than mm. Chelsea. Champ- uh, you know, Chelsea have, have won a, a league in a year where seventy-five points didn't get you in the Champions League. Yeah, you know, and they won it really convincingly, mm. and yet. But then, you know, Arsenal have got the, the, the focus of attention. Whether Man United can win the Europa League to get into another co- tournament yeah. is the attention. Liverpool are the attention, yeah? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the top end. Obviously, we're a few more long, rungs lower than that. But, I mean, you, you're saying that the same sort of thing. Ultimately, what mattered was that Rovers went up. Yeah. Regardless of whether that was in first, second, third or through the playoffs. Yeah, and we did it, and we did it really convincingly, you know. Like mm. that, that, we shouldn't forget that, you know. We haven't yeah. got a trophy in our cabinet, but but that was a, a, a you know, we, we we by Easter we knew that we were we were, yeah. we were pretty much going up. That's really that's really encouraging, and also what's encouraging again, from my perspective, and I I, I admit that I'm sort of like of this new uh, band of football fan that that has a different sort of view on what 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 def, you know defines success. But what's really crucial for me is that we're going into next season with a really healthy um, mentality in terms of like progressing, moving forward, and, and and I don't think you need a trophy to actually have to do that. But then I would have said the complete different thing if we had been <laughs> won the league. You know? um, James, you were good that we didn't. I, mean, I still am good. I say. Yeah. I take one thing. I was thinking. I, I think Jack's got a really good point. But I guess the thing that differs is at our level. For me, it's kind of just what's on the Wikipedia page. Like it's like we basically is the equivalent of like what's in the trophy cabinet. Yeah. For me, um, I was actually just thinking. I wonder if we got. I wonder if we it would still be listed on our Wikipedia page as a victory of sorts of, you know, how many times the team had been promoted out of a division. And but what I've actually realised is that no one has updated our Wikipedia page this season. 
Ask my so, because uh, I wasn't early for some other research, and our FSF award is on there. I did well, that. Well, <laughs> <you say Yeah>. that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't remember for what reason I did that, but I was on there and thinking, oh, it's a bit of a tragedy that's not on there. But but I did. But so I, I spent it, and you have to do it in sort of like wiki code, and you've got to go and backlink and alter stuff. But I actually did a, a sizable two-liner. On a on our truff, and I, and I thought we yeah, put, wow. put it on there, you know. Right within I mean, your workplace is very quiet. This oh, it's very quiet. Yeah. Was, was that, was that on the right way home from the award? No, <laughs> this is <laughs> I closing uh, yes <laughs> at the end of the text. No, um, that may be so that Jack has done that, and what a legend he is. I wouldn't lie to you, James. Honestly, not about stuff like that. In <laughs> in the history section of our Wikipedia page, uh, the only things that have happened since. Uh, Doncaster were relegated back to League One after just one season following a 1 0 defeat to Leicester City on the final day of the season yeah. is our relegation last season. Oh, you mean like in the history? Yeah. The text? I think yeah. that's fine though. So I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Cause I... So last season was for nothing? No, no, I think it's fine that it's not in the history section. If you read any club's history section, what annoys me more than anything is the first 100 years is covered in like two paragraphs. Right. And then there's a really detailed paragraph for the last six years. <laughs> I used to edit um, Rosenton Main's match programme. Right. And you get the club history sent through for the president, and everyone was like that. It'd be like the yeah. first 80 years covered in the, the opening three sentence. And then, depending on when the current manager came in or when the, the current programme editor took on, there'd be very detailed records of every paragraph since. And I hate that because it's just not, it's not an even reflection of your history. I've just, I've just seen the, I think I've just seen the bit that Jack did. <laughs> um, um, one of the things that always weirds me out about Wikipedia, by the way, is uh, I am really fond of. It's the thing that I do is that when I'm bored, or I'm sort of waiting for a bus, so I'm just trying to fill some time. I will often uh, look up people I find interested in my life, and they're yeah. normally footballers. And sometimes, if you go, "Oh, Carlton Palmer," I wonder what Carlton Palmer's up to, and yeah. I look at Carlton Palmer's Wikipedia page, and it'll say something like "edited an hour ago," and I'm like, "Who? <laughs> who was, in the world?" Well, I think we've discovered that. But I was wondering what he did for the job. <laughs> so apparently, apparently, our Wikipedia page was edited two days ago by someone called Rarity Dash. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> my friends call me Rarity. Um, I think we've digressed a little bit. Um, okay, we've digressed a lot right now. But just to, to make it back to the end, I'm just going to. I, I, I have started to finish the point. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm really bummed out about it. <laughs> no, but I am because I think uh, I'm really. Are you are you annoyed to the point that you think? And I saw this quite a bit on social and forums after the defeat at Hartlepool. Are you annoyed to the point that you think that Ferguson should go? <laughs> no, I did see that utter insanity yeah, going on. Uh, but of course he shouldn't go. That was but, shouldn't, wasn't it? Of course he shouldn't go. Okay. But it does. And I feel really bad for saying this, but it does make me wonder whether we're as good as I thought we were. Yeah. I think... Uh, because it makes me feel like there's a lot of cliches trotted out in football, but it is that thing of, you know, when it came down to it, our heads went. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you in that the, the idea that Ferguson should go is, is madness. You know, he had one task, one thing he had to deliver this season, he's delivered it. I mean... We watched that Hartlepool game together, me, me and you, James. I think what we agreed is that what I would say about Ferguson is he definitely phoned in sick to his coaching course the day they did tactical substitutions. Yeah. Because they've been like... Madness. They were 
crazy for the last the last two games certainly the game the home game against um, Exeter who ended it with four up front and no one in midfield and yeah. like, the inevitable happened in their, in their last goal what and did you why? enjoy more that match or the beach football World Cup oh and we watched the yeah we were cheered up massively after the Hartlepool game by leaving the telly on and finding the beach World Cup which is a sensational sport beach football I should yeah, say yeah yeah there was. Cantona uh, did it for a while, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think we were watching. Brazil, Italy. Brazil, Italy. And within like a minute, one of the Brazilian players did like an overhead kick. And, yeah. and we were like, oh my God, that's incredible. And then we sort of realised that that was like a tap in. Yeah. <laughs> because there was like another six like in the first half. And the other thing was that they were forming a defensive wall on the kickoff. And we're like, why are they doing that? And then yeah. Italy scored like a. 30 yard volley straight from kickoff. <laughs> oh, right, okay. I, I, I'm going to uh, amend that Brian Clough quote about football being played on grass. Yeah. So football should be played on sand. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that helped us get over the pain of missing out on the title very, very quickly, definitely. I suppose there is a little caveat in that just, just the, that most of the teams that we played towards the end were, were starting to play for Yes, and, and we did raise that in the, in the last podcast yeah. is that everyone. Yeah, everyone was was it because because the player race was so expensive. Everyone yeah. was in the hunt. Yeah, um, and when you've got a sort of nothing to play for, technically mentality mm-hmm. going in against like Hartlepool are playing to to not yeah. go down into the conference. So do you think I'm being a bit harsh? I think that it's not as big a deal as as it as as we need to no. make out. I mean, listen, like it's, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. Yeah, you can't you can't move past that. Yeah, yeah I'd agree. I think the the flip side to what you said, James, is that. Uh, it means that we might go into next season a bit yeah. more grounded about what we can achieve rather than expecting to plough towards the players. Um, I think... It, 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 yeah, you can definitely look at that the other way, though. No, yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. There is part of me that's a bit like, you know, when we went up as champions, mm. I mean, you know, like, we still had a modest finish the following season. It's yeah. when we raced up again. Like, But I kind of did go into that season feeling like well, watching a team that I felt were very confident. I still, I still think that. I've, I've seen enough of this team this season to think they've got enough that, to be confident in them getting results. I think towards the end, Ferguson had to shuffle the team around, had to rest. I think he was right to rest players. I think he was right to an extent, I suppose I should say, and right to have a look at some of the players who've been on the fringes to decide whether they, you know, when else are you going to get five effectively competitive games that kind of don't matter? To do that, have that opportunity to, to try players out when we haven't got a reserve team or we haven't had a reserve team. I think he was right to try players like Ted Sinclair and have a proper look at them and make an informed decision. It's just a shame that he made so many changes that it, it took up, the momentum was lost. And I think that. Well, Powder being injured as well yeah. was a uh, mm. you know, big loss. Um, but there you go. We uh, shall see. Yeah. yeah. How long until the new season? He want, he, Fergie wants to get all his signings done by the end of June, last week in June. Before all the players get back in, so that gives you a bit of hope, doesn't it? You know, we yeah. see, I mean, he said on the telly, didn't he? Post match interview, he was like, you know, Monday I'm making decisions about who I want. Yeah, yeah. and he has, and we'll, I say, we'll come on to that in a second. But I'll just move away from the field for a bit to start with. Um, to and the just, beach, <laughs> not to the beach, sadly, more to a train station, which is where Rovers uh, unveiled their their new kits for next season, new home away and goal giving now annual unveiling of a of a new kit. Um, and given that we are such sartorial experts, me wearing a shirt that's too small for me, James in a band t-shirt, Jack, you're carrying us here, mate. But, um, yeah, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, on the new kits, basically. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, this is definitely one where you are teeing us up because your opinion is so easy to read from <laughs> knowing you. Yeah. I I have just I have just googled something which I didn't know about the shirts, which is that the home kit apparently features key moments from Rovers past ten years emblazoned yeah. on the red hoops because it's ten years at the kickoff. Yeah, and I'm going to be quite disappointed if our uh, fans in the year award victory <laughs> isn't mentioned Jack, on the strip. Did you get a chance to edit the kit before I went to the bench? <laughs> my, my remit as um, Devil or whatever his name is doesn't, um, doesn't stretch to it. On, on those moments, I was quite sad to see, I, th- I feel like there's points that, that were stretching. I think there's one where it's a 1-0 home defeat to Leeds because it was the highest attendance at the keeper, which I wouldn't describe as a memorable Jesus. moment. Yeah. Um, I felt like if you're going to go down that route, you should have the time that Sam Erd played up front because that was hilarious. <laughs> or um, one of my favourite moments of the chemo is when Shelton Martis, there's like a long ball downfield, Shelton Martis effortly, like deftly controlled it on his thigh with his first touch and then with his second touch shanked it over the roof of the East Stand, which is still <laughs> one of my favourite things. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed about our non-appearance in the One Call Trophy. Oh, right, because yeah. we won't get to sponsor. Well, you know, not only have we been promoted, but also one call aren't our sponsor anymore. So oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mansfield will oh, maybe we'll play. Well, maybe we've got to play Preston. Oh, Darlington? The Darlington version trains. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. They're really monopolising all the stations, aren't they? It was Carlisle. I don't know if Carlisle is still. Can you bet on them sponsoring like Stevenage or Peterborough or Retford in the next few years? It, uh, yeah, that's a good <laughs> shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Carlisle were certainly two years ago yeah. by Virgin Trains rather than Virgin East Coast, yeah. obviously. Was it Carlisle who got to the final or something? Or Preston like last year? And they were sponsored by Virgin Trains and Virgin Trains were on strike or there was repair work on that weekend so they couldn't actually get there due to their sponsor. Oh, really? Couldn't get to the final. I'm sure, I think it was Carlisle. Yeah. Um, I think they, they're good kids. Really? Yeah. You're going to have to give some justification. Well, no, it's, I, I mean, I really you know, it's like, you like what you like, don't you? I, um, I don't know. Like, I know what you're going to say. You're going to be like, you know, football should be played with the ball made out of pig's gut and, you know, it should <laughs> not, be no. played between, like, warring villages. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, I don't know. It's just a little twist, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's, that's, it's just that's, a little twist. That's my issue, though. Why is though? That, why do we need to have these twists? Like, how hard is it to have all the hoops the same size? Is that why is that so much to ask from a hooped kit? What year, what year was the the static? Ninety three to ninety five, and we agree that that's the greatest football kit of all time. <laughs> I won't go that far, but I do like. No, see exactly. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't have had that kit if we'd. Well, that's because I think for me that was a novelty of being hoops again. Like and the, you can, it was definitely like, something to do okay, with the static. Okay. Well, the thing thing with that one is then as a difference is there's only one type of hoop on that kit. This one's got three different types of hoop. It's got words in some of it, hasn't others. It's got one completely missing off the top where there should be a hoop. Every, you know, I like you sometimes say about kits. Oh, like the more you see it, the more you start to like it. Each time I've looked at this kit, I found something else I hate about it, or something else that really annoys. What's the weird red? Looks like they're wearing dungarees from the side. That's that weird red thing on the top. There's a, there's a weird bit missing off one of the hoops on the back where it's just faded out. If we uh, if we beat Rotherham five 0 wearing that kit, you'll love it. All right. Really? I love the result. I love the kit. Um, I don't no, know. No, no, that's just the home kit. Like, that's the away kit. The away kit's amazing. 
the Way Kit is genuinely amazing. The Home Kit's like amazingly bad. No, it's amazing. It's just a great. Why? It's great. I, I was hard. I mean, I I'm going to sound a little bit like you know I like what I like, but I just looked at it and went, oh, that's that's nice. That's natty. <laughs> yeah, it's the sort of like it's the sort of away kit that I've just spent years. Reading. You like green kits? It's not green; it's black and fluorescent yellow, or whatever it is. I'm so fluorescent I'm green. Cool. It looks like the I'm sort cool of thing. Blind. I Ooh. thought it was green. Well, he's so I've been a cool yeovil for having to wear for the last five years, and now we're stuck wearing it. I've 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 got a load of sort of like training kit, that is definitely like green. shirts from 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 the past, which were better than the third kit. Yeah, sorry, the away kit. And I feel like we're going to do the same again because like that that's a training kit to me. That's something that you sort of like you, you buy for twenty quid. It's not an away kit. I think I think the away kit could needs to be a bit more solid. I just don't understand why we have to keep changing I'm, the changing the color every year of the away kit. No, no, I disagree. The I disagree. I think that you do need to change the color, but I feel I, I think that that's what goalkeepers' kits are for for pissing about. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what they were. Yeah, I mean goalkeeper kits have been ruined, though, haven't they? Yeah. Now they're all like a template. Yeah. Like, I love Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, you like, know. I might be a traditionalist, but <laughs> I'm a traditional in that your goalkeeper kids, if you're going to go nuts with something, do it with the bloke who stood down the end. He's already wearing novelty gloves. You might as well piss about with his shirt. Can you ever see us going back to a year where we're not hoops for home? I think we're going to have to soon because we're going to run out of things to do because yeah. we've got change them every year. I'm not averse to that. What was the kit I loved that you had? For maybe a season or two. The kit that you love that I had. Uh, no, no, I didn't hate the it. The blue away kit. No, I didn't hate it. I liked the design of the kit. My issue was... Not the legend of the... It was the... Oh, the... Yeah, I said... I, my issue with it was it was the wrong shade of blue for Rovers. Oh, no. Or the fact that it was blue generally when it could have been miles better than green. I like that. I've just seen a kit that um, Russ Wilcox is... I'm looking at on my phone for the benefit of the listeners. I'm just... Uh, I've just seen Mickey Norbury and uh, Russ Wilcox wearing a kit I can't even remember. I mean, you're going to have to describe it because it's not a great radio. Oh, the uh, blue Doncaster Star slash Hazelman sponsor. Oh, he's 5'6". Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like that. I'm going on eBay looking for that, though. <laughs> um, um, no, it is. It, I don't know. It's just, where's where's Rover's income come from? Like, a huge part of that is, like, replica kit sets. Well, that's that's the thing I was going to ask. We It's always said that we need to change the kit every year because it brings in more money. But is, is that genuinely the case? Because... How, how do we know? Because we never had kit longer this season to find out. Like in, in, our, in my lifetime, which would be your lifetime as well, Jack, and I think probably in your lifetime as well, James, Rovers have only had the same kit for two seasons twice in all that time. Mm-hmm. Like 90 to 92 and 2003 to 2005. There's been times where they've had the same design, but the sponsors change. Yeah. But like, how do we know that we sell more if we have a new kit every year? Because like, it just feels like we always, like, it gets to March and they're all knockoff. Yeah. So we can't make any money on them because we've dropped the price so much because we know we're changing it. I actually wonder how much of it is tied up with having a new sponsor as well. But even when we haven't had a new sponsor, we've done that. No, but I'm, yeah, yeah. But like I say, I just wonder whether it is that thing of like you know you, you, you get a big deal with you know someone like Virgin and they yeah. want their own look. Yeah, I mean, if I were Virgin, I wouldn't want that look. <laughs> I'd rather they wore like the uniform that Virgin like train stuff were. That'd be more. I mean, you know, stylish. If I, if I was going to pick, if I was going to pick a train company, it wouldn't be Virgin. I'll be honest. I'd have the ones that have the little chessboard on the tables. You haven't got much What's choice at Doncaster. Whole trains. Yeah, yeah. Grand Central might do a, 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 a strike. Like two trains. Yeah, you got. You can have like a nice orange and black kit. That that look all right as an away kit. Keeper kit. I think well, maybe it's a keeper kit. Yeah, but still, yeah, we haven't got our Northern trains. We can have a purple kit. Uh, I'm sensing that we've got a bit of a. 
this call on what makes a good kit then in between us. Well, what, no, I'm interested. What does make a good kit for you? I just I just don't see why we have to keep messing around with it. I think, like, you've got in red and white hoops, you've got an iconic thing that is in the Football League, uh, Rovers. Yeah. You've got Rovers, you've got Hamilton, Granada, Kingstonian. They're the teams that wear red and white hoops. Yeah. Um, so why why are we trying to get away from that should we should spend that front and centre nice red and white hoops that's, that shouldn't be so hard and it's only because we've felt like we have to try and sell some more every year that we've started pissing around with the design I think to try and, oh it's got to be fresh it's got to be different it doesn't you know what I mean it's, it does I mean I don't know what it says about me but I, it, it is something I look forward to I look forward to the new kit and they've got that interactive bit now where, where we, we can even sort of like have our, have our say on it and well, for everybody. They should have not I'm isn't, sure they did. No, there's not, there was no vote on this one. Isn't that because Louis Thompson fixed it? <laughs> Allegedly. I think after the, the oh, for all of last yeah, year's yeah, vote. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And also last year's kit proved that yeah, we as fans can't be trusted to design one so let's give it back to What was your problem with last season's <laughs> kit? What's from last season? Was it the shoulders? That's the weird ass unnecessary blue lines that are all over it. I did lose respect for you on the kit making. Do you ever watch Rovers games or just listen to it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually it's time to tell you that I'm actually blind. I mean literally the sash one was was the year that I was really disappointed and you love that. No, he loved it. Yeah, I really loved it. I didn't mind it, it. but I would have preferred if it was green with a red and white sash. Guys. Yeah, don't be bothered. Don't be bothered about these little blue lines. They're just little blue lines, aren't they? Why is the sponsor got a box around it? It's completely unnecessary. So they won't be getting any money out of us this season. That's what my editor in chief at Kerrang says sometimes when I show him the cover. We'll be like, "Why is that a box? It can read out." I, I feel like I feel like me and is it he or she? Let's see. Me and he will get on very well. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. You know, uh, Friended the wrong person from Kerrang. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so how are we leaving this argument? Um, I, I would like to know. Some I mean, more you're, you're pro. I'm against. You're kind of. No, I'm against. You're against. Yeah. I would like to know some more. That point you make about uh, sales, I think, is interesting. I'd, yeah, I'd like to. It'd be interesting to know, like, what is that based on? How do we know that we, we as a club, are selling all year on year when we change it every year? There's no, there's no constant to measure it against. Yeah. And and at what age is it unacceptable to buy the full kit? Oh, the full right. kit? Yeah. I wonder when that over, stops. Over eight years old, I mean, unless you're pro football. I've got a friend who's a Spurs fan and he's of my age, which is about 31, it is 31, and um, he bought a full kit and got his mum to photograph him outside his house wearing it. And I thought, I, like, do, do people do that? Or was, was I sort of like, was I in the wrong for, for ribboning the next day at work for having that done? I actually feel a bit like... I, I probably about a year ago. I think I realised that I am maybe too old to wear uh, a football shirt. I only wear them for playing football. Yeah, yeah. I I think I've that's got a couple of like very retro shirts that I occasionally wear at games. I mean, like mid eighties, late eighties. Yeah, like, I wear it around the house. Yeah, yeah, pajamas, pajamas, sort of like bottoms at the top. I've got some pretty, pretty good kind of odd shirts from yeah. around the globe yeah. and I will bust them out sometimes <laughs> to try and pop my friends you know what I mean but do you, I, you wear your smatches I don't you yeah, yeah, yeah. I wear smatches oh you do yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you about them it's fine I mean, but not, not like the full kit though like, like it would I've be seen like, you in, I've, seen, I've seen you in shinnies yeah <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, we're like, what, five years? Maybe you'll feel differently in five years. Yeah. Maybe you'll have well, that. Like, just, I was just saying, it's just interesting that you do. I only wear old ones, you don't wear them. to not wear rubbish. Yeah. But I did, I did for years and years yeah. and years. Good chats. I hope the listeners enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> on to the more sedate issues on the field again. On the field, it's not on the field, is it? Because it's a close season. But, um, and I said we touched on this, which was Dan Ferguson very quickly after the last game of his. I suppose he'd had five weeks to get his head around what was happening the next season. Um, putting out his release list and announcing who, who'd be staying, who'd be going on the, the playing front for next season. So there's five players have been released. And I'll, I'll recap them now just for the benefit. Um, Paul Keegan, Gary McSheffrey, Aaron Taylor Sinclair, Joe Pugh and Joey McCormick. Um, and a further five been made available to transfer, which is Cedric Avino, Ross Etheridge, Harry Middleton, Mitchell Lund and Andy Williams. I suppose the obvious question, which is the biggest surprises for you out of that lot? I think there's not many, but... I am, I am quite surprised by Andy Williams. Mm. I didn't expect Andy Williams. But I think that if he if he's... I mean, like, you know, this is a sort of... It's, it's one of these lists that raises a lot of questions more than it sort of answers anything. And, like, you'd like to think with Williams that he's got plans in that in that area, obviously. Yeah. As, as you would for all of them. But, They're, like, Andy Williams is a surprise... And you think you'd only really let him go if you had something, something yeah. ready, you know? There's very strong rumours that Rovers are going to sign Paddy Madden from uh, Scunthorpe. Right. And I don't know the room for rumours, but yeah. I hate this, but a very good source has uh, uh, suggested that's 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 well, that, very long. I'm not saying it's a song, but Yeah, it matches yeah, up with yeah. what you're saying. I mean, you know, Gary McSheffrey, he's shorter than you think. Smaller than you think, yeah. Nice, nice shoes, though. Uh, I feel like that might have been I mean I imagine he was on a fair bit of money but it feels a little bit like Fergie really tried to justify keeping him because yeah. he just kept throwing him on every yeah he was almost like special teams wasn't he towards the end of the season just like throwing him on to take set pieces in, yeah. in Coppinger's place yeah you know I've got I, I've got fond feelings about Gary McSheffrey but yeah. I feel like there's nothing really in that that's been released that I don't go well okay cheers guys but yeah, I think we go. Paul Keegan, it's worth noting, is that that's, was the uh, the second longest serving player at the club. But you forget that because he's had quite a few problems with injury. I suppose it's kind of inevitable that you can only carry carry a man who's only able to be play like a third of a season so long. I was a little bit surprised that um, Mitchell Lund, actually, um, who'd been very much in contention in Ferguson's first season and the start of the most recent season until he uh, was it a kidney injury wasn't it of all mm. things and he was out for a while and he was loaned with Rex and the reports from Rex were pretty good mm. um, so I was quite surprised to see him uh, available for transfer particularly given that we've struggled at fullback yeah indeed but but I think that again that, that sort of lends itself to the fact that he's got big plans I think the spine of the team will be uh, chief among that um, and that you, you know don't, don't be I, I think I think centre back would be left backs coming in that's that that's on the rumour mill as well um, but mm. I think that what I, I'd read into Mitchell Lund the same as I'd read into uh, Andy Williams is, is that he's got someone lined up I think there. yeah um, I, mean, we've, I mean that probably suggests if if between us we could keep any one of those ten I think we'd probably all go Williams wouldn't we as first pick yeah no definitely I yeah. think I think I feel like that's one of those that you know I don't know you always have those players that come back 
Mm. You know, those players who come back and you go, oh god, we shouldn't go with that. He will inevitably score against us if he's in League One next yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. That is an absolute given. I mean, he was so yeah. celebrated when, when we signed him only a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's there's not many strikers that have scored double figures back to back seasons for Olders in the last year. I, no, it's that to me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just that thing, then, where you just go, you know, he obviously really fancies Alfie May. Mm. Yeah. But also, if he's getting one more in, there is. There's no space for it. Because you've got Mandeville back in, yeah. who's obviously been out injured as well. That 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 means that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, what, come 1st of June, which is when most of these things are allowed to be announced, mm. I think we'll hear we'll hear, hear a lot. Same as we did last season, which is brilliant, you know, like going go with a bit of good intention. Yeah. So anyone that you thought might have been released or made a little transfer that hasn't been that you're quite happy not to see on that list? Well, there's a fair wedge of players there, isn't there? <laughs> yes, um, well, I, I was worried that um, they're going to let Joe Wright go. I'm quite, I'm quite glad that Rovers haven't. Not, not least because like he's quite good by you on Twitter. You noticed me called Donald Trump a waffle earlier today. Yeah, oh, right, good um, But he's, I've, I've been impressed with him. I mean, he's made a, he made a couple of mistakes in that Exeter game, and obviously people inevitably on the reasoned areas that are football forums and social worth telling saying he was rubbish but he just made three three key errors in one game I think early season I thought it was excellent considering he was only ever signed as cover you know yeah. and to start the season with Baudry being out um, I was quite relieved that he wasn't on that list No like Jack says you know I think um, just it bodes well that he's you know trying to get his business done early mm. Moving on then and and one last thing. I mean, this weekend it's the, uh, it's the FA Cup final and the remaining player finals, which means it's uh, it's time to pack the football season away into uh, into the cupboard along with your big coat. Um, so the big question is, what what do you do with yourself now? The uh, now the football's over. Uh, beach football. Beach, <laughs> beach football. <laughs> I know calling. I mean, I, I assume that's a summer sport. I mean, I don't really like summer. I, I, I personally, I think summer's overrated. So <laughs> you know, I'm probably going to get on my Xbox. I'd better go see the misses. <laughs> um, I haven't seen her since um, August. So, um, <laughs> I mean, we all know that isn't true. Yeah. Um, Usual stuff. Lots of cricket. Lots of golf. I think I. I, I mean, I, I don't realise how much I'm missing until it comes back to be honest with you. Because like I am, I, I'm. I, I think I'm sort of slightly fatigued by it, yeah. and that that like it's so. You know, you got your Sky team. You got Sky, and if you follow a team. You know, mm. relatively well, and if you watch everything else as well, then you you do get a bit fatigued by the end. But that doesn't last long. I think yeah, I was I get fatigued by the chat around football more than the football because I don't have Sky, I don't have Saturday, anything like that. So if I'm watching a game of football, it means I'm at a game of football. Yeah, and I enjoy that. I enjoy going to watch a game of football, but the chat annoys me. The problem is, is the chat doesn't stop in the summer. Uh, but the, re- the relief for me is that I don't have to put a fancy out, so I don't have to pay that much attention. Until, yeah, until I, I actually August. traditionally enjoy this period quite a lot because I just kind of find me asking myself how desperate I am to watch a game of football. <laughs> like, what lengths will I go to? Yeah. Like, I was thinking today, I was like going, yeah, kind of. Where is the where is the Beach World Cup? Well, <laughs> Google. I found out today about like a Legends Six Society tournament that's at the O2. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was um, like, yeah, I think I'm in for that. Emil, it's a good lineup for him. Emil Heskey. You read the Metro as well. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the answer to my question is what we do. Is find increasingly obscure <laughs> things that vaguely resemble football. 
I think that'll probably do us. So uh, thank you to James and Jack for joining me again. And also, of course, thank you to you for, for listening, wherever you are. Um, don't forget to let us know your thoughts on this episode on, on Twitter at Viva Overs or on the, uh, the fanzine Facebook page. Uh, we always welcome feedback as we, you know, we want to keep improving this podcast to make it better, better for you, ultimately. Um, we'll be back next month. But until then, enjoy whatever it is you do to uh, fill the void, Googling wherever you can find football, if our habits are anything to go by. And uh, thanks again. Mm-hmm.